This is WRFI Community Radio News. I'm Jimmy Jordan. Tompkins County has seen a surge in cases of COVID-19. There are 90 active cases in Tompkins County today, compared to just four two weeks ago. Data from the County Health Department shows a rise in breakthrough cases as well. All of this is largely being attributed to the more transmissible Delta variant, but its prevalence has not yet been determined. To learn more, we spoke with Dr. William Claypack, the medical director for Tompkins County. Here's that conversation. So, uh, COVID cases have risen quickly after a period of relative calm in Tompkins County. Uh, The total active cases reported by the health department for today, Friday, August 5th, are 90. So given what's being reported in the national news, it's easy to jump to the assumption that this is a result of the Delta variant. Uh, The health department hasn't confirmed that yet. Do you have a sense of how close we are to confirming the Delta variance's uh, prevalence in Tompkins County? Uh, In terms of its prevalence, um, I think the best benchmark that we can use um, is the data that we know from national studies of variants and from state studies. And that would imply that that the Delta variant is uh, at least uh, 83% of the cases that are arising. And so while um, uh, on these cases that you mentioned, uh, we don't have a specific breakdown of them at this point in time, um, we, I think, are safe in presuming that um, the vast, vast majority of them are due to Delta. Uh, When you ask about um, factors that are leading to the rise in cases that we're seeing, uh, as is always true, it's a combination of factors. So on the one hand, we have the Delta variant. We know this is a variant that infects more people um, more easily uh, than the United Kingdom variant that we had just a little while ago, or going back to the beginning of the pandemic, the original variant. Uh, We know that for any person uh, infected with Delta, that somewhere between five and eight other people will become infected uh, if they are susceptible. So that's an important point, if they are susceptible. If you're vaccinated, your chances of becoming infected are far, far fewer than if you are unvaccinated. And just to put that into context, if you're vaccinated, the chance out of a thousand people that you would become infected there's only somewhere between one and four in a thousand. Those are excellent odds, but not so good if you're not vaccinated. So the vaccine status is very important. Other factors besides just the fact that this Delta is so much more contagious are what people are doing. So many of our cases amongst the vaccinated as well as the unvaccinated are people who are traveling. Uh, Not necessarily international traveling, but a lot of them are domestic. So within our state or two other states where uh, the problem is even more prevalent than it is in our region. Uh, You don't have to look very far to find some very risky places you could go. And in addition, if you're getting together um, for uh, gatherings, say it's a birthday, a wedding, who knows what, these are highly correlated with outbreaks of cases. 
And we've seen that with our local data. Very likely that there is travel involved, very likely that there are gatherings involved. And so that can tell people how they can keep themselves safe, both unvaccinated as well as vaccinated. Um, the other uh, things that we know that are factors in uh, the rising cases are whether or not people are using masks, whether or not they are distancing. If they're in a situation where uh, the risks may be high, uh, then are they using those masks? Are they distancing? And I would urge everyone that if they're in a situation, whether they're vaccinated or not, if they perceive that, oh, I don't know if the people around me are as careful as I am. Oh, I don't know if some of them are unvaccinated. Oh, I don't know where these people have traveled to. Um, and you're close enough to them to be a risk, consider using those masks and consider changing things so as to lessen your risk. Hmm. So uh, I want to go back to something you said before about uh, vaccinated people and uh, virus transmission. You know, th there was data coming out of Israel and Los Angeles that has begun telling a, a concerning story about the vaccine's efficacy against uh, its spreading among vaccinated people. And the CDC confirmed last week that breakthrough infections have similar viral loads to infections in unvaccinated people. And so uh, can you uh, break that down for me? Yes, and let me let me address it in um, the most recent situation I know the best, and that's the Provincetown, Massachusetts uh, situation where large numbers of people over the 4th of July long weekend were gathered together uh, a lot of them were vaccinated individuals, and we saw uh, uh, a large number of cases amongst the vaccinated in that group. But that, that was a situation that violated what I was talking about before in terms of taking precautions in situations that are risky. These were large numbers of people. It was a somewhat rainy weekend, so a lot of people crowded indoors, but even on the streets. Um, uh, people were very were crowded together. Thousands of people were gathered for this Fourth uh, of July weekend, and so there was an element of crowding, gathering together, not using masks, etc. And a large number of vaccinated individuals were found to be infected. In the course of doing that study, uh, they did look at the PCR tests that were done on these individuals. And what they found was that in doing the PCR test, they could get a, an appreciation of um, how much of the molecule being tested for was present in the uh, nasal passage or the saliva sample um, from these individuals. That uh, remarkable um, study uh, showed that for the vaccinated individuals compared to vac unvaccinated, that they were quite similar. And this was a departure from what had been uh, known before. This Delta variant uh, it seems to be the cause of these unusual levels. Now, this molecule uh, that is found 
and this gets a bit technical, forgive me if I get too far into the weeds, but this molecule that's been found um, can imply infectiousness, but it may not, uh, it, it's yet to be determined how infectious actually that is. And so, um, yes, there's a, a cause of concern. Yes, because we saw such a high number of vaccinated people in this group and we saw other vaccinated people getting infected. Yes, it appears that some vaccinated persons were infected by other vaccinated persons. However, the final story will yet have to unfold um, because um, this molecule that was sampled is not quite the same as being able to show that they had live virus that infected other, other people. Uh, if a person is experiencing a breakthrough case, they should presume they're contagious. And okay. um, yes, and certainly anyone who is a breakthrough infection should isolate, um, separate themselves from everybody. That's what isolation means until the period of time uh, passes after which they can be uh, declared not contagious. So anyone who is symptom symptomatic with something that could resemble COVID should always isolate right away. Uh, what, what do we know about asymptomatic spread in vaccinated people? That is a very good question. And um, I don't know the final story on that. Um, as you know, it uh, was thought that um, it was very unlikely to have asymptomatic spread amongst vaccinated people in the past. Um, this data about Delta is a continuing story. And one of the things that... Uh, Maybe it's difficult for for everybody in the public to um, appreciate um, because we all want the final word on things all the time. But when you have an evolving situation like this, um, it's a strength, not a weakness, to continually be looking at what we know and reacting to it and ad adjusting. What we do know is that vaccines are highly effective at preventing infection. Um, and especially, especially severe infection, especially hospitalization, especially um, being uh, have to go on a ventilator or being in the intensive care unit. Um, in fact, uh, of all the cases we've had, none of them have even required an emergency department visit if they were vaccinated. All the people in the hospital are unvaccinated. Just look around you. Uh, you know, I urge you, the people in the public who haven't been vaccinated yet, uh, look at, ask your friends, uh, you know, Joe, so-and-so ended up in the hospital where they vaccinated. You'll find out they weren't. That should speak volumes to you if you're not vaccinated. This is a, a significant disease. It not only puts people into the intensive care unit, and unfortunately, uh, people die from it, but there is this phenomenon of long haul COVID, which affects a great number of adults and can cause you to be disabled and unable to work. It'll even affect children. Um, we don't know exactly the percentages for children yet. It seems to be fewer than for adults, but still a significant percentage, somewhere probably between 10 and 20, 25%. Uh, with your terming this an evolving situation and emphasizing the importance of 
paying attention to what we know, I think this is a good time to turn to the data that the Tompkins County Health Department released yesterday on the vaccination status of positive cases. Uh, I, I'm sure you're very familiar with this data already, but I just want to establish some context for listeners. Uh, so here are some of the numbers that the Tompkins County Health Department released. Uh, between May and July, there were 315 known cases of the coronavirus in Tompkins County. The health department calculates that 27% of those cases were in fully vaccinated people. If we look at the bar chart the health department provided, uh, we, we could see the total case numbers generally going down through May into June. Uh, now, June is when the health department first detected two cases of the Delta variant, although there was no spread found at that time. And as we head through July, we see the number of cases increasing. And among that population uh, that is, you know, getting sick with COVID, there's a lot of, uh, it may seem like there's a lot of fully vaccinated people. Last week, the week of July 25th to August 1st, Tompkins County saw 71 new cases of the virus. 66% of those cases were in fully vaccinated people. But the health department found that the cases in fully vaccinated people was just 0.2% of the fully vaccinated population. So I'm done with my spiel and I, I'd like to go over those findings with you. Um, and so my first question is, were these the sort of numbers that the medical community in Tompkins County has been expecting to see if the Delta variant were to show up? Well, there's a number of different dynamics. Um, as our vaccinated population increases, and um, and since the numbers that we report uh, as a health department are of Tompkins County residents, um, the, num the number of vaccinated persons who become cases is, is likely to go up. If we had 100% of the population vaccinated, then any new case that we had of Tompkins County residents would be a vaccinated person. So you kind of anticipate that you'll see more vaccinated persons in your numbers as the months go by and vaccinated numbers go by. Is that a failure of the vaccine? No. You, no vaccine is 100% effective. Um, and so you know you're going to have some cases that will be unvaccinated persons. Um, and as you point out, the uh, number of absolute cases compared to our vaccinated population, 0.2%. That means the vaccine is highly effective in protecting people against uh, acquiring the disease. Um, so it's... Um, in general, the bigger picture is reassuring the vaccine is successful. Um, and secondly, that um, uh, the phenomenon of seeing some rise in vaccinated cases is not, not to be unexpected. It is something we would expect. Um, but then I would also say to people, these are, um, these are small numbers. It may seem like big numbers. But in the larger uh, scheme of things, when you look at seeing if something is what they call statistically significant, uh, these numbers are relatively small. But I, I also wanted to point out that in addition to the rise in the vaccinated cases, 
uh, that a high percentage of them were people who had traveled, people who had been to gatherings. Um, we don't have data on what those gatherings were like. Undoubtedly, some of them were uh, mixed, and undoubtedly, um, uh, some of them were in more risky situations. How do you how do you think the Delta variant is going to challenge our understanding of the pandemic as it has taken shape over the last sixteen months? I I think it does not challenge our understanding in this sense. Um, vaccination is highly effective. Um, it uh, is succeeding in what its major mission is of preventing serious disease and death. Um, it also uh, is able to cut down on the transmission of disease, and that is the recipe for stopping this pandemic. That's what our goal is, stop the pandemic. And the, the, my plea to the people who have been hesitant to get vaccinated is look around you and see who is getting hospitalized and who is unfortunately dying of this pandemic. And it's not the vaccinated people. The unvaccinated are bearing the burden of this. And the way we stop the pandemic is for more of the unvaccinated people to become vaccinated. The vaccines are key to stopping the pandemic. And our understanding of that has not changed, even with the Delta variant. And I, I hasten to point out that other variants could arise. The longer we go without stopping the pandemic on a global basis, the more the risk is that a variant could come up that starts to become resistant to our vaccines. We have not seen that. It is not true with the Delta variant, um, but that's our risk. And so time is uh, of the essence in stopping the pandemic to prevent uh, uh, us from seeing a, a truly terrible variant from uh, coming about. Uh, what you're saying is that what's hinging on the global uh, access to the vaccine is the ability for everyone to be safe from COVID. Uh, do you think that, um, I mean, this is a very hard question to answer, but uh, how tenable do you think that uh, the the suppression of the diseases? Yes, I would, I would say converting uh, this SARS-CoV-2, the pandemic we're currently dealing with, transi transitioning it from something we fear to, to something we know we have in control, to something where it would be extremely unlikely for people to become seriously ill, seri um, to, uh, very unlikely to have to suffer long COVID syndrome. Um, that is within our reach for sure. And um, and the key to that is uh, the use of the vaccine for people who are not vaccinated yet to become vaccinated. And in the meantime, while we're still um, struggling uh, to get that vaccine level, for all of us, vaccinated or unvaccinated, when we're indoors or even sometimes outdoors and feel like we're in a risky situation, use those masks. Use those mitigation measures that we know work. Masks are a strong adjunct to vaccination in prevention of disease. And so um, if you have a choice that you're, you're, you're doing something, you're maybe planning something, uh, keep your gathering small, 
do it outdoors if possible. Try to ensure that everybody's vaccinated. Consider using those masks, uh, hand washing, et cetera. Remember that the Delta variant is still the same kind of virus we've been dealing with, mostly airborne transmission. We think that surface transmission is, is very, very seldom the cause of people getting infected. It's good to hand wash, that's important. Disinfect when you feel the need to, but particularly the airborne transmission is the major route. So while it's uh, concerning because it, it spreads from person to person uh, far more readily, uh, it is in many respects very similar to the other variants that we've had to deal with. And that's what I hold out as hope uh, for people. We know how to deal with this virus. We know what works. We just need to do it. A, a poll out of uh, Monmouth University this week found that Americans uh, are split on a return to mask wearing. Uh, 52% of Americans support reinstating the measure, 48% oppose it. And there is a political divide in those numbers. 84% of Democrats favoring reinstating mask wearing, 73% of Republicans opposing it. Speaking to a vaccinated person in Tompkins County who may be hesitant to start wearing a mask again, why should that person put the mask back on? Well, I think they need to look at what uh, the risks are if they should become infected. You know, the one of the vulnerable populations in our in our population is the people who are immunocompromised. They comprise about 3% of adults. So we have about, in our county of 100,000, we have about 3,000 adults who even if they get vaccinated, can't be sure they're as protected as if they weren't immunocompromised. Many of us have somebody in our family friend group who's in that category. Maybe we don't even, maybe we're not even aware of it because some people say, for example, who have certain types of arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis as one example, are on immunosuppressive drugs. That's a lot of people who are affected. Uh, we don't want to put them at risk. They, they, they're at more risk than uh, people who are not immunocompromised. We have kids who, for whom uh, they can't be vaccinated yet. They're all the kids under 12. Uh, we have the people who are older. Uh, if you're older, uh, above uh, you know 70, uh, your risk, even vaccinated, is somewhat greater than if, if you were younger. But let me hasten to point out that a lot of young people, 20, 30 years of age, are uh, falling ill and uh, with the Delta virus becoming more seriously ill than, than previously experienced. So if you're young, don't pass it off as uh, this is somebody else's problem because you can get very sick. And long haul COVID where you can become disabled due to mental fatigue, physical fatigue, uh, difficulty thinking, muscle aches and pains. There's a long list of long haul COVID symptoms. Those occur in people who are young, uh, even down into the teen years, um, as well as older, and that can put you out of work for a long time. Okay, and so just my uh, last set of questions is just about you know looking forward and how we're going to be trying to make sure this virus uh, doesn't continue to uh, 
uh, surge. Uh, there's something I came across that it concerned me a little. The CDC says that they stopped collecting information on breakthrough infections on May 1st of this year. What do you know about that? And what is the current protocol regarding the surveillance of breakthrough infections in Tompkins County? So the CDC, as of May, um, shifted to monitoring uh, hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and deaths with regard to breakthrough infections. Um, So what they were not uh, attempting to monitor was um, mild cases of uh, coronavirus um, and asymptomatic cases. Um, The Kaiser Family Foundation um, put out a study on the 30th of July, I believe it was, that looked at state data with regard to all breakthrough infections, um, uh, looking at all states that reported such data. About uh, something uh, close to half of the states do. Some do it on a frequent basis, others on a very infrequent basis. And uh, the foundation, in looking at all of that data, which um, took into account reports from the beginning of 2021 through to about mid-July, found that breakthrough infections in general um, were extremely uh, uncommon uh, for vaccinated individuals um, and confirmed those the uh, lack of severity in, of disease that the CDC has been mm-hmm. reporting. So that's an independent study that looks at um, breakthrough infections. That being said, um, the information as, uh, well, I, let me back up and just say the rise of, of, of Delta as a variant uh, got really underway in May and through June and accelerated in, in July so that um, the uh, data that's coming in about breakthrough infections is continually being looked at as this uh, in order to take a look at uh, even more about Delta. But so far, uh, even with Delta entering that mix, as it did in the Kaiser data, uh, we know that breakthrough infections in vaccinated people are extremely uncommon. Less than 1%, probably less than 0.4%. To put that in context, again, if you have 1,000 people, you're talking about something less than four people becoming infected if those thousand people had been all vaccinated. Uh, if a breakthrough case were to happen, do you know if the county will be uh, sending out alerts like they used to when we would find a case maybe on TCAT or some other public space? Um, I would refer you to Sam Hilson on, on that question. Um, we have We issue public releases in all instances where we feel that there is a, a uh, possibility that persons might be, con- uh, might be exposed unbeknownst to them. If the situation is one in which um, uh, everything is covered, we know that all the exposed people are made aware, um, then there's, there, we don't do a public release. But in all other situations, uh, we do public releases. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, my final question and something you've spoken to plenty of, but I feel I should ask again, uh, as we continue to uh, live with COVID-19, what should people do to combat these numbers? Well, I think, uh, as I mentioned last night in my webinar, um, I think people should maintain hope. There's every reason to anticipate the end of this pandemic. We just need to do the right thing. Um, and I would particularly urge people uh, to take care of each other. This is a tremendously stressful thing that we're going through. It's causing depression. It's causing anxiety. We unfortunately know that there are suicides. We unfortunately know that it's particularly hard on people who have um, other issues that they struggle with. Um, don't, don't be there alone. Reach out. Help other people. Um, if you're feeling this way, if you're feeling um, stressed, um, talk to your personal physician. Talk to your personal practitioner. Uh, give us a call at mental health here in the county. Give us a call at the health department. We'll help connect you to someone who can help you to put this into context to um, help uh, you forge some coping mechanisms, um, seek help whenever you need to. But there is hope. This will end. We know how to do it. This We have vaccination. We have masking. We have distancing. We know how to wash our hands. We know how to take precautions, use our common sense, and we can come to the end of this. Dr. Claypack, thank you so much for getting on the phone and speaking with me. It's my pleasure, and I'm so glad that you're, you have an interest and want to get such information out to everybody. You're listening to WRFI Community Radio News. That was Dr. William Claypack, Medical Director of Tompkins County. We were speaking with him about the recent surge in COVID-19 cases in Tompkins County. You can listen to this and all of WRFI's news content wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jimmy Jordan. This is WRFI News.